Hello and welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, my name is Corey, and today we will be covering the final three churches of Revelation in Revelation chapter 3. So let's get into the text and see what God says to these churches and what he has to say to us. Verse 1, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father, And before his angels, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So let's review. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are one being perfect in unity. Jesus has the seven spirits of God. This means he and the Holy Spirit are one. The Holy Spirit is spoken of in Revelation as a sevenfold spirit. Seven is the number of completion and perfection. The Holy Spirit is perfect in action, in nature, and in being. And that's why he's spoken of as a sevenfold spirit. Jesus says, I know your works. Jesus knows what everyone is doing, good and bad. Colossians 1.17 says that in Jesus, all things hold together. That literally means that Jesus holds the molecules together of every atom. So to say that Jesus knows what we are up to is an understatement. He knows everything down to the particle of matter. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Fake it till you make it does not work with God. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. We may see a church or a Christian who seems to have it all together on the outside, but on the inside they may be dead. Being spiritually fake is a cancer in the church and will lead to death. If we aren't doing well, it's okay to be honest about it. As a pastor, I prefer the honesty because then I know what we are actually dealing with. Like any doctor, it's hard to prescribe treatment if you don't know the facts. So if you're not doing well, don't pretend you are. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. Be honest with your friends and your family and your pastor. Seek counseling. Seek help. Healing and hope is always there. Verse 2, Wake up 
and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. We may give up on ourselves, but Jesus does not. There is always hope and a chance to change things, even if we are a dead Christian. To wake up is to come alive to God and to obey His commands so that our works may be complete in the sight of the Father. Verse 3, Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Remember how you first started, willing to give everything for Jesus. Get back to that heart posture. Go back to the ancient paths. Change the road you are on and repent, for you do not know when you will die and when your chances to repent will come to an end. This is what Jesus means by you do not know what hour I will come against you. He is not talking about his second coming. He is talking about the day and hour we will die and stand before Jesus. Whether in our latter years, through age, or today in an unexpected accident, we do not know the day or hour we will die. Verse 4, Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Notice Jesus puts members of his church into two categories, those who obey him and don't soil their garments in practicing sin, and those who rebel against his authority and do not obey him by living in and practicing sin. Only those who obey will walk with Jesus in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. This verse single-handedly dispels the Christian belief that a believer cannot lose his salvation. Jesus warns his church, his church, that those who practice sin and rebel against his commandments are in danger of having their name erased from the book of life. Now, to end up in hell for eternity is the worst thing that can happen to any one of us. Jesus has a book of life and writes the names of his saints in it. Revelation chapter 20 verse 15 says, And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I couldn't think of a sadder tale than someone having their name in the book of life and then to have it later erased and blotted out by Jesus himself because that person turned from obeying Jesus and followed the path of the world and the devil. If you are not following Jesus and doing what he says, wake up, repent, turn to him, for he is rich in mercy and slow to anger. But do not wait to repent. Your eternal soul depends upon it. The hope of glory is that if, as a Christian, you choose to reject this world's sins by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
you will conquer as Jesus conquered, and you will arrive at the finish line in heaven with Jesus himself proclaiming your name before the Father and his angels. What a glorious finish that will be if you remain faithful. Imagine God in heaven proclaiming your name, your name, and all the angels and saints cheering because you chose to obey Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. And I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So let's review the church of Philadelphia. Verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. Jesus is the Holy One, the True One, the Only One. There is no other way you may enter heaven because heaven is Jesus' home. And Jesus alone has the key, the key of David. The key of David is a reference to Jesus as the promised Messiah of Israel and the promised son of David who would rule from Jerusalem forever. If Jesus opens the way for you to go to heaven, no one else can shut it. But if Jesus does not open the way for you to go to heaven, no one else can open it. Verse 8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. The only thing that matters is what Jesus says. Even if your pastor is telling you it's okay to sin, to do anything that Jesus says otherwise, don't listen to him. It doesn't matter what any religious leader says only what Jesus says. Any religious leader who teaches someone to rebel against God's commandments is of Satan, for Satan is the father of all rebellion towards God. The Jews in Philadelphia were telling the church not to follow Jesus, not realizing that Jesus is God. 
Those who rebel against Jesus will bow at the feet of the obedient, and Jesus will reward the obedient with the eternal love of the Father, while those in religion who follow Satan and reject Jesus will receive the eternal wrath of the Father. Verse 10, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. This church of Philadelphia being spoken to by Jesus will not go through the great tribulation. And as all the churches in Revelation are no longer active in modern-day Turkey, the same could be said for all seven of the churches. They will escape the great tribulation. Verse 11, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Jesus' name means salvation. He wasn't called salvation until he became a man to die for our sins. When he makes a new heaven and a new earth, he will have a new name that he will write on all of his faithful servants. Hallelujah. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 14, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers I will grant to sit with me on my throne." as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So let's review the church of Laodicea. Verse 14, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Jesus was before creation. John 1 says he was in the beginning and by him were all things made. So Jesus is the beginning, the source, the maker of all creation. He was not created by God the Father, but with the Father, Jesus was before everything. He is the beginning of God's creation. Verse 15, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This is important. 
Jesus is not saying that being cold is sinning and being hot is being holy, and therefore he wishes that the church was either sinning or being obedient. He is referring to the temperature of food and drink. At room temperature, bacteria will grow in food and drink and will spoil it. This is why food in any restaurant must be stored below 32 degrees or above 135 degrees, because food left out in the middle will rot over time. So Jesus in this verse is saying he wants us to be living in a state where no bacteria or sin can grow. Praying, reading the Bible, attending church, serving others, that is being cold and hot. You have to be all in. You can't compromise and become apathetic and just not care. For apathy is the environment that sin grows in. And the danger in not caring and being apathetic is that sin grows in that environment. And if the sin grows enough, Jesus will reject you and spit you out of his mouth. Verse 17 For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. How true is this of America right now? Never has a country been richer in material wealth, and never has a country been poorer spiritually. Anxiety, depression, anger, bitterness, these things are rampant in our society and getting worse over time. All the while, new gadgets, cars, homes, relationships, careers, and experiences try to convince us they will bring us what we are looking for, only to leave us emptier inside. Verse 18 I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Laodicea was a town that was famous for trading in gold and financial wealth. They were a fashion hub that exported the best clothing, and they were a medical town famous for their healing ointments and especially for their eye treatments. Laodicea was like a modern-day New York City. But Jesus knows that what they are looking for is not more money or the newest outfit or a medical treatment to temporarily fix them. What they needed and what we all need is Jesus. We were created by God for God. This is why if our life is not properly connected to God the way it was intended to be, it will always feel incomplete and broken. Imagine using most of the devices in your home without electricity. Your vacuum, TV, and computer are incomplete without electricity and will not work properly. God made us and knows we need Him. How ironic that what we need the most in our lives, we often fight the most. Don't fight against God drawing you to Him. Open up and connect with your Maker. Verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. God does not give commandments to keep us from fun. He gives them to us to keep us from evil. And if we stray, he as a loving father tells us to repent 
and to get back to the path we were on. The Bible says a righteous man can fall seven times in a day and still get back up. If you fall, get back up and keep walking towards God. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Why did Jesus die on a cross? Well, to forgive your sins. Yeah, but why? So you can go to heaven. Yeah, but why? Because God wants to spend time with you and be with you. This is what we were made for, a relationship with our Creator. But even if we have a relationship with God, we are all in danger of allowing our own lives and actions to push God out of our hearts. Remember, this letter is to the church. It is to the American church. Have we too pushed God out of our hearts and replaced Him with routine and programs? Does He now stand on the outside of our hearts knocking and gently asking us to open the door to Him? Maybe our lives are so busy we can't hear His knock. Maybe we have so much going on in our life we can't hear His voice asking to come in. This is why our modern inventions are so dangerous because there is a constant noise of the TV, the radio, and our smartphone drowning out the knock and voice of Jesus asking to come in to our hearts. This is why prayer is so crucial, and not the prayer where you just ask God for things, but the prayer where you sit in His presence and wait on Him. We need to sit and slow down in prayer and say, what do you want, Jesus? This hidden place under God's wing on your knees in prayer and silence is truly where the magic happens. Learning to sit at the feet of Jesus is a spiritual discipline that will cultivate rivers of living water and invite Jesus into every room of your heart. Don't be afraid to open your heart to God. He is the only one who can heal it. Verse 21, The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. You have everything to gain if you obey the words of Jesus. You have everything to lose if you do not. There are now two paths before all of us the ancient path of serving God the Father, Son, and Spirit, or the worldly path of serving ourselves. The ancient path is narrow and hard, but it leads to life. The world's path is broad and easy, but it leads to death. I pray you choose Jesus, and in doing so, you choose life. He who has an ear Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. May God's love for you renew your hope today, and may His face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so at our website, renewinghope.church. Until next time, 